You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number 22 of Line of Sight. My name, as usual, is Chandler, and I'm here again with Jaden. How's it going? It's going oh, well. I'm sculpting a Nerf Bat Tetsubo for a very adorable little Tiberian. I'm so happy that's happening. <laughs> More fun than me, I just assembled a unit of deliverers, which... Uh, did you like to know how you assemble a unit of deliverers? Do you just slot them in the base? You I just put them on the base, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just put them on the base. They, they, they are one big part. I appreciate that See, about the, your pr- dreams, too. The, the problem for that, though, is that my Minoth bases are all fiery, so in order to do that, I have to make 20 bases. Mm, yeah. I actually clipped the slots off most of them, but it's because they're the, they're like, they're pretty old sculpts, right? And a lot of the old ones, the slots are, huge, like, the, the tabs are massive for some reason. Like, they, they yep. just never go in there, so I just, a lot of them are just standing on their feet, because I was just like, anyway, you're Brett for a second there. Hi, Brett. Hi. I'm trying to come up with a contra- Contrera-Versus-Ode? ode This is literally the only reason we have you on this cast, and you're not succeeding, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, bad. I lost in the Invitational. That's got to be worth something. Hey, man. At least you were there. <laughs> I like how just, like, everybody we know is just, like, at round one. <laughs> yep. Did I mention that my bracket was, like, I stopped making my bracket when all my friends were in the quarterfinals? Oh yeah. Did not do well. oh, yeah, no, we did talk about that, because it was just like, yeah, it's not how that played out. I mean, you had the Nightmare Matchup Round 1, I had the Nightmare Matchup Round 1. Yeah. It's good times. That's what everybody wants. Yep. Anyway, news this week. Black Fleet's over. Oot. Yep, CID has ended, uh, so hopefully we'll see the final changes on that uh, before Las Vegas Open. Did anyone else think Black Fleet CID was a little weird? Um, it felt short. There weren't any dev talks. Um, yeah, it was. There it was, was a quiet one. That's really true. Yeah. And that was. I was a little bit surprised that it just sort of quietly ended when there was still so much discussion around. Like, still a lot of discussion around Denny Two's feet. Um, still a lot of. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the other models it seems like went pretty smoothly. But yeah, that's true. but uh, everything was just kind of like, yeah, all right. We, found some changes we wanted to do, but there were still a lot of discussions about the final theme benefits for Scourge of the Broken Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, Denny Two's Feet, and some things about Denny One, but I feel like they were... I feel like they started pretty close to what they wanted. Um, I it, think Denny One's actually perfect. I felt, I felt like that, too. The, the, the tweaks that, that we saw, I was like, she's a very strong caster who is who you can answer, right? Like, you can play against this. Really, it's just like being able to charge. Like, okay, melee art works now. <laughs> you you do like have to get there, but it's, yeah. I like that her battle group doesn't just build itself anymore. Yeah, actually, yeah. The, the Warjack, so, you know, 90, we always, we complain about Warjack points all the time. The Warjack point change was a very clever change. Um, because that, that list was so tightly built. And the second she lost a few Warjack points, it was like, well, uh, okay, like, this, this, this gets very weird now, like, you have to figure it out a lot more. Um, and you don't just get a bunch of just kind of the really good pieces you sort of wanted anyway, so. Right. Um, that was when you saw where Jack was, I think, was, was quite clever. Um, yep. Otherwise, everything in there looked really good. A lot of really cool stuff. Uh, we never really heard a final thing on their thoughts about the unyielding thing they were thinking about, but we'll see. We'll see yeah, that's that another mentioned. weird part. They're like, yeah, they brought it. No, no, they no, brought no, it no. up and never talked about it again. <laughs> like, Brett, no, no, we can't change the entire game. That's outside the scope of CID. Let's change this rule that changes way more than <laughs> changes you every faction in some to some degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did. They did say like Pagani straight up said this on the thread that I started. He's like, this will probably take multiple CIDs. To yeah. Get right. Yeah. So. Well, here's hoping that uh, Aaron's step. Well, the Aaron's Seneschal specifically steps. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, we also saw the Ashes to Ashland model today. And we're all playing Mercs for LVO now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It looks really, really good. I mean, that's, it's a Doug Hamilton one, right? I think we learned that. And it's, yeah. he just, just does good stuff. 
I mean, I'm getting at least two. One to play as Ashland, one to convert into Thyra. Like, I'm probably going to turn one into Harbinger. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm probably another one for Harbingers. Like, I need as many of that model as I can afford. <laughs> just, just, every female model there. in the game. Is that just, <laughs> yeah. the third Ashland model, model of bot? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, we got the ATC and LVO coming up. ATC is January. You guys are going. I am not. LVO will all be there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Go to LVO. LVO is a great time. Unless you're like LVO. seriously part of the East, it's also like the places to stay in that area can be so cheap. Also, <laughs> we will probably be having Tyson on the cast next week to talk about it. Yeah. Which which would be good because Tyson is awesome. Yeah. And then sort of a announcement for an announcement for Broken Egg. Yep. Yeah. Um, they've got some really uh, exciting stuff coming out for Black Friday, but they are not ready to announce it yet. Just so we can't say anything. Yes. <laughs> I really hope the announcement comes out after our or after our cast. The thing is, is it probably will? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, so we know it. you'll know it. I don't know. Maybe they'll announce it on Friday, so maybe it'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, seems pretty good. And I think that's more or less the news. I don't think there's a whole lot else going on. Crystal Guard? Uh, yeah, sorry, that was one thing. We saw a Crystal Guard model. Um, it looks like a robot. It, yep, yeah, it looks like a convergence model. Dude, don't oh. say that. You don't understand the discussion that's been going on right now. That's the other <laughs> one I've been a part of, is, is whether or not Prospero looks like an obstructor. Uh, some people... Uh, I believe we actually got somebody to say that our... Uh, was it? Our art sensibilities were off. Uh, that was a good oh one. That's a good um, one. Yeah, and another guy said, no, it doesn't look anything like him. It's not holding his weapons. And I said, that's why nobody knows that Clark Kent is Superman. <laughs> um, <laughs> this oh, man, is the okay. again. Uh, yep, yep, put a pair of glasses on her. She doesn't, suddenly she doesn't look like the most beautiful girl in the room. So, okay, <laughs> so... Um, I'm just going to comment. This is the thing, right? People have been saying it looks like Yes, if you examine the details, it does not look like a convergence model. If you just look at it real quick, it looks a lot like an obstructor. <laughs> like that's that, what I'm saying. That said, if he turns out to be dual faction, oh, now uh, you're thinking with portals. Yeah, uh. It's just one of those things that so a lot of people has gone into some like kind of general design stuff for like visual mediums and whatnot. Like, a really important thing about characters is, like, their silhouette, right? Like, if you made them just black and held them up to a light, like, what do they look like? Like, what's, like, one of the most recognizable silhouettes of a character in the world is Darth Vader, right? You know exactly what that looks like, and it's very simple. Um, and you even see it in movies, like, movie production. People, they will actually make their characters, they will set them up as silhouettes just to see, just to give them different shapes and stuff. So, like, if you I, want to click on this, look at any Overwatch character. Yeah, Overwatch, yeah. yeah. Bl- Blizzard are masters of, of doing silhouettes of characters that are very unique. Um, even ones that are like, I mean, you look at like Artanis and Zeratul in StarCraft, like, you look at a black silhouette of them, you know exactly which one is which, even though it's a very alien, you know, looking thing to us. So. And they're officially very similar. Yeah, right. And, uh, so when we're saying Prospero looks a lot like an obstructor, we just mean like the shape. When you look at it, you go, man, that looks kind of like a convergence obstructor. When you actually look at it for a second, it's clearly not one. People yeah, understand I think, that. <laughs> I think the problem is that uh, we weren't expecting a robot first. We were expecting a lot of... Like, right. I, I was expecting kind of... Uh, I guess this guy's name is Silvestro or something? This uh, Warcaster? Probably. No, oh. no, no. The, the Warcaster we've been seeing. God, they, do they all end in O's? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Okay, that. I know there's a guy named Lucas who who uh, no. isn't uh, Lucas. Oh, um, that and that and that's the aesthetic I'm really excited about. So yeah, there was a little bit of like I saw Prospero and I was like, that's a model. But um, <laughs> one one point Dallas made, and this was a great point because this is a point I made about Grimkin a lot. Is um, Dallas was like he looks really good in the context of the faction. Like if you look at him next to everything, he makes a lot of sense. And I was like, okay, like I can appreciate that. Um, I said I, I said yeah. that all the time with Grimkin. So yeah, Grimkin looked terrible out of context. Uh, almost like most Grimkin models, unless you're into that specific aesthetic, like, and it's not even like the Grimkin aesthetic as a whole because that's not even really a thing. It's like 
you look at one model, if you're not into that model, you won't like it. So you kind of see them all together. Yeah. Um, but like a Grimkin army, like, all together. Right. Like, I, I, I really dislike, to be honest, on their own, the look of piggybacks. But when, like, as a whole, I was like, no, okay, I get this model. You know, like, that. It, it, it's fine. Like, I, I don't really have a visual problem with it, because it just kind of fits. It helps help that the sculpts are, like, universally better than the concept art. That'll yeah, help. Just, yeah. Which Except is like for the Trapper too. Oh, really? Except for the tra- I think the Trapperkin's concept art is sweet. I think the Trapperkin's model was kind of meh. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Because I just painted two of them, so. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a very, in case anybody wants to weigh in on whether or not Prospero looks like an obstructor, there's an enormous thread on the Crucible Guard Facebook page about it, and everybody's mad at each other. Uh... <laughs> It's super fun. You can tell that they're mad at each other and that Chandler's been involved in this because we picked a controversial topic for today. I know, right? That's just, that's my day-to-day. Um, not so controversial, though, is going to be our rule of the week because this one's pretty straightforward. Uh, oh, one last one last little thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be raffling off another set of stuff in, like, two weeks. Yeah, you be pretty soon. Yep. Cool. yep. Anyway, uh, stacking abilities. No, you can't. Moving on. Done. Moving on. <laughs> Um, okay, more specific. We get. We see Brett, what about Inviolable Resolve and the Krillstone? Are those stack right? <laughs> okay, uh, so same named don't. abilities don't stack, uh, which is why it's very important when an ability like Far Strike gives you the sniper rule. Uh, that means that it doesn't stack with snipe. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They they will often use very specific wording in a place that seems kind of strange sometimes. Um, like for example, yes, yeah, snipe being an upkeep, and then Far Strike giving snipe. Right, it seems kind of odd, but it's that that keywording is used to make it so that the two abilities do not stack. Um, <clears throat> this will be the case with like there's certain kinds of armor buffs that are a bit like that, but anything that is separate will stack. So as Jaden mentioned, inviolable resolve and the uh, protect, protective aura from the Krillstone, those are two different named things. They do stack. You get plus four armor if you have both of those effects. You know, you know what I'm really looking forward to uh, the next time I get to play in a food machine. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to bring the Creelstone and Grimkin, because not only will that stack with the Death Knell, but it will give me corpses for the Death Knell when they die. Oh, yeah, because the, the Death Knell had Protective R and CID, but they changed it. It's, it's now called Warmth of the Grim. Yeah, it's like yes. a, it's a special rule. Yeah. So, so now I can have Arm 23 Cage Ragers all the time. Right. War Machine Dead Game. So, uh, designers don't know how to uh, balance a food machine. Food machine. <laughs> designers, I think we need to get on Will Pagani's case about not effectively balancing food machine. <laughs> I mean, the last time I played in food machine, somebody brought Haley 2 with Behemoth, so... Guys, who's, Seems fine. Who's the boss isn't a competitive format? This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot... Sometimes ability. They say that they will stack with themselves. Yeah, some uh, do. Unfortunately, now they have one. Yeah, Ice Cage uh, is one. Ice If it's just cumulative on it, <clears throat> then it's a good chance it will stack with itself. Yes. Yeah, but that is pretty um, rare. <laughs> and I think the only other exception is multiple abilities that generate an attack on the same trigger. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's, so, that's like, if you, if you have Berserk and Killing Spree, you don't turn one kill into two attacks. Right. Yeah, there's a special clause for that, talking about things that generate new attacks. Um, you will not be able to do that for multiple abilities, which is good. Also, if, you, yeah. if you take a Battle Boar and Sturm and Drang and will work for food, even though he has overtake three times. <laughs> it's only once. Uh, <laughs> I wish that Blood of Martyrs got Hand of Vengeance twice when in Faithful Masses. <laughs> That'd be cool with him getting plus four to attack a damage rolls for the turn. Mm-hmm. So you could be what? Matt 13? Uh, yeah, Matt 13, power strength 24 with her. Yeah. That's, probably, right. that's probably fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, th- that's why we see questions about that a lot. Um, we get people asking if you can stack things up. It'd be sure fun if you could just throw a boundless charge on the same model three times to get plus six inches, but unfortunately you cannot do that. So, Mark 1 Snipe, apparently, was you got plus one inch of range for each focus you spent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> strange world Mark 1 was. Yeah. So that might be why abilities don't stack. Yeah, Probably. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to balance. It's, good. it's a good game design thing, unless you use keywords more effectively. So. Alright. Game design and balance. You've invoked the power words. Yeah, man. Let's talk about power. 
We're going to talk oh, about Howard Creep. Jane's excited about this one. <laughs> so excited. Jane doesn't think it's a terrible idea at all. Jaden didn't spend like a good 30 minutes arguing with you guys about whether or not we should talk about this. <laughs> it's gonna be, we yeah. showed you a video. How did that not convince you? Uh, I'm a teacher. I'm very <clears throat> hard to convince of anything. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Both. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start by talking about what is Power Creep. Let's define it. Let's define it for ourselves. What do you think, Brett? So Power Creep is predicated on the concept of a power curve. So in a, in a com- game where competitive balance is important, um, there is an idea that the, the the pieces that are in the game that you're allowed to use should have some ratio of power out to resources in. So, uh, like, the amount you pay for um, in, in War Machine or, like, uh, the mana cost in Hearthstone um, should be in some way related to the amount of power they give you. Yeah. The uh, the baseline that they said that they balanced Mark III around at the very beginning was the Slayer and Crix. It's a 10-point heavy. It's got three initials. It's basically a piece of wet tissue paper if you hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kills things. Yes. Um, and then the concept of power creep is um, a, a long-term game design problem. Wherein, when you have a game that's meant to go on for a long time, and you're introducing more pieces in order to keep the game alive, which, let's be honest here, is absolutely required. Uh, otherwise, um, you get... Well, well, sorry, there are, there are other benefits to having a stagnant game, uh, like Brood War, where you can develop a meta and keep developing and developing, uh, but it's not good for keeping a company alive. And we need it. Um, so, uh, the problem is, as you introduce new things, they have to be powerful enough to be interesting, Um but if they're so powerful that they remove stuff from existence, then you have what's known as power creep. And let's let's be very, very careful about our definition of removing from existence. Yeah. Yep. Right. Chandler, uh, you're, you're the closest we have to a lawyer. What, what are we... <laughs> my, help me define it. I'm a stay-at-home parent. How is that a being a lawyer? <laughs> uh, have you negotiated with a child recently? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very technical. It's <laughs> true. Um, see, you're wanting me to define removing from existence, right? That's what this question is. Okay. So, uh, this is a really interesting, like, thing to have to talk about because War Machine by its nature has, um, that was loud. Uh, <laughs> every piece has pretty drastically different abilities, right? Some might be a little bit similar. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting about War Machine is you have a lot of uh, different factions, right? Those different factions function on an extremely different level for the most part. Many of them have very different core mechanics that, that drastically change what any given model in them will do. Uh, the same unit, let's say Idrians and Protectorate, is not the same thing as Idrians and Signar. They are very different. Um, the, the tools they get access to are very different, even though they seem the same. This is even the case in Mercs, right? Protectorate likes Idrians more than Mercs does most of the time. Not always, but most of the time, because of the tools that we have available that Mercs maybe doesn't. Um, so when, it, when you talk about removing a model from existence, you basically have to do something that is the exact same role in pretty close to the same way as another model in the same faction objectively better. <laughs> so, an example here would be um, if Madrak 3 was a solo who generated Fury, and he was like five points, and he did a protective aura just like the Creel Stone, but it gave plus three armor, and he's like a third of the point cost. Yes. Right, like you never need okay. to take the Creel Stone again, right? Yeah, like you will you never don't. take the Creel Stone again. That would be an egregious power creep. Yes, um, I'm giving I'm giving a ridiculous example because they t- they tend to illustrate points better. Yes, um, and so one thing that's very important is um, if something is different in role, or if it's slightly more efficient in one way but costs in another, then it's not strictly better. And while it may be an example of power creep. Um, it's it, it doesn't remove the other from existence. So you have to be very careful about using it. This, this is a really good example that comes up for Protectorate a lot is Adrian's versus Errant's. 
Um, which I think is an interesting discussion because they do fill a very similar role in the faction. The problem is, is that they do do different things. Uh, the defensive tech is different. Um, like, you're not going to kill heavies with Eric crossbows, but they have blessed. You know, like it's, they sit on a very similar role on the battlefield, but they do do it differently. And so the thing is, is we can argue, and people usually argue that Adrian's are the better unit, but it's not objectively the case. Um, Adrian's do not shove errants out of the game. We know that because we have actually started seeing errants. They've had a use. Because errants do things that Idrins can't. Now, whether those things are better or worse, that's that's a meta call, and that's up to opinion. And that's where the discussion gets really gray. <laughs> now, there, there can be ways that where like uh, a model is better at the role and at other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm when I'm looking for an example of power creep in War Machine, my, the the first thing I think of is the Wold Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wold, the problem with the Wold Weird is that it is such a good gun that there is nothing else in the faction that can compete with it, um, point for point in the role of shooting, um, like anything from units to heavies to like the mannequins are close because they're broke as hell but even the, and then the world weird is also very very hard to kill defensively especially well, and i mean like i would argue that the world weird has a better gun than the storm raptor which is the colossal yes yeah and it, it's things like that where it's like um and then it has gunfighters so it's actually better in melee than most of the lights yep um and so when we're looking at um uh, power grief that's the thing things like that where it's like it does the role so efficiently that you don't consider uh, lesser options. That's that's power creep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's it's a really complicated thing to nail down. And Gold Weird is a good example because it's kind of egregious <laughs> um, yes. in that faction. It's warped how that faction plays. Um, but in a lot, in most factions, really, there are not pieces anywhere near that obvious. Um, and even the pieces talk- that yeah, good. Let's talk briefly about uh, why power creep happens. I think that's sure. an important discussion to have. Because um, power creep is a dirty word because there is malicious or predatory power creep, um, which is a short-term strategy for a long-term problem where the company, uh, the accused company, um, basically uh, is printing new things that are so much better than previous things that you like yeah, that you have them. to throw out all the old stuff and buy the new stuff. And they're like, oh, they're just making them more powerful to get money. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's actually... Well, um, I'm not going to talk about $70 books, but... Well, um, I was going to say, well, like another example, uh, card games do this really easily. This is a this is a this one of the easiest, I think, games. Yeah, if they're not really, really careful. And, like, card games are one of the easiest to do that with because printing new stuff is so easy. Like, it's not hard to make new cards, exactly. Um, and so that's why you had... hard to recover from an Urza block. Yes. Um... But, like, like in the case of Magic, though, they had to eventually create an entire competitive cyclical system to avoid their own power creep. Because it's almost, it, like, to a degree, depend, like it's almost impossible to avoid. <laughs> um, and we'll touch on a couple of reasons why for that. But, um, yeah, that, that's, the, that's kind of the use of... of Power creep as often. Uh, it gets used in online games a bit that have like micro microtransactions t- uh, type stuff. MOBAs can fall into this trap where almost every time a new champion in League of Legends or whatever comes out, everybody rages. This, this power this this character is way more powerful than everything else because they just want it to sell. And it's a weird area because that may or may not be the case, but the company also does have an incentive to do that. <laughs> well, in the short it's, term, it's one of those. Right. Yeah, it's a short-term incentive. So good it, company. It will damage your game if you're doing it. Yeah, if you're doing it like that. So. Um, and yeah, I think private press is hilariously young enough that you could make that argument that maybe they do, but obviously, well, they don't. so like I, I think an interesting one that's come up pretty recently was the release of Grinkin, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think a lot of the um, this is going to tie into CID quite a bit. I think. Um, the CID and how it's being handled is very tied into whether or not there was, is, or could be a power creep issue. Um, 
when Grimkin originally went into CID and then were prepping for release, there was this was where I, I think I probably saw the most discussion about the potential of power creep in War Machine. Um, right, and it was such an extreme thing. It was you know, this, this entire new faction coming out, and they seemed so overbearingly powerful, right? To be fair, vengeancing piggybacks with uh, old pandemonium was dumb. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's yeah the CID versions they were pretty wacky, right? And so that's another thing is you get into like there, there are some issues you know with this discussion in that like we're seeing a little bit behind the veil of the development process and typically when handling balance and stuff like that they usually go for a little bit too much and then dial it back. Um, um, which which hurts. Okay, so let's talk about the anchoring uh, heuristic. It's a uh, it's a, a human psychology thing. Yeah. Um, the first the first way you experience something anchors how you think about it the rest of the time. Right. Um, so if it starts out one way and then changes over the course of the time, um, people are people will tend to think that's more similar to how it started. Right. And yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, I see that background can a ton, even still. You know, they've been out for this long. You know, not a, not an insane amount and, of time, but and the first time you play against Grimkin, you absolutely get crushed. Oh my god, yeah. The, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's there are a few factions that like jump on mistakes harder than they do. But the thing is, is that people were freaking out about this idea of power creep, like on oh, the new faction, you know, that they want to sell and. They're just going to make it super overpowered and whatnot. And then we actually got it, and people felt that way for a little bit. But the more people played against it, it's like, this is actually quite fightable. Uh, most of the discussion around that sort of toned down. And people realize that this is a faction that's not, you know, winning every event. They're doing well. So it's like, they be, they're almost like now the definition of the, like, very strong but pretty well-balanced faction to me. Yep. Um, and they're just, like, right up there with the heavy hitters, but, like, not absurd either. Uh, well, and we're talking like you look at them in a team format. That's like they are playable into everything. Yeah, <laughs> they, right. Very useful in a team format. One or two like lists, they get crushed by one or two lists, but then like ninety percent of the game, they're just, it's just like a solid. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, it, it's easy to kind of jump on this idea of like, oh, that's power creep when the game is so complex that it's a very difficult thing to to make a call on very quickly. Um. What and, about and and the other. The, the opposite problem, uh, I think, is how Mark II Convergence uh, started out, mm. where if you're if you're too cautious in your design, you end up with a faction that nobody wants to play. Right, yeah. Um, so I want to touch on one of the things that was why I believe this is something that is, to some, at least a perception of power creep is almost inevitable. Um, one thing that we started to realize, especially after, I want to give a lot of props to Will Pagani on this one, because he was who's a big part of this, but um, we started seeing, especially as Mark III transitioned out of the really awkward early stage, um, we started seeing pieces that seemed, and, and CIDs come in, we started seeing pieces that just seemed much more powerful than a lot of the older stuff. I have truth, Loki. Right. The thing is that I started to realize was this is... I think more a case of them actually just getting better at designing their own things. Um, there was a, there's a lot of pieces that they are not, when you actually start using them on the table, they are not necessarily objectively stronger, but they work better. <laughs> or they're more job. interesting. Or they're more interesting, right. Um, they have more, they, they might even kind of bring you more tools, even if it's not necessarily more powerful, they'll just give you more options. This is the evolution of any kind of a game designer that's doing a long-term game, right? Um, you get this with uh, a good example of actually World of Warcraft has been around quite a while now. I know people kind of like reminisce about the old days of vanilla Warcraft, but um, it was not, you know, for the time it was great, but it was not a incredibly well-designed game by today's standards. Um, the stuff that Blizzard is now doing, you know, however long it's been later, is way more polished and well-made and the level design is much more, you know, modern and well done and thought through and there's so many things about it that are much more complex and much more interesting and uh, and then you, you get things like new classes you get all these new items and things added to the game that have much more interesting mechanics to them and that's a case of this is a game development company that has spent you know this many years working on it and are just a lot better at it now and you see that with War Machine Grimkin is an amazing example of that um, that faction's design is so good like from a rules perspective, 
and so interesting that it's hard not to look at it and be like, this is so powerful because everything works exactly how it's supposed to pretty much, right? And yeah. everything synergizes with... considering how few models they've got. Right. right, and it's like everything synergizes with all of its other things so well. And it's, it's like, yeah. But it's not necessarily objectively more powerful. It's just very solid and very well designed. Um, so it's very easy to call power creep on that, but that's not really the case most of the time. It can sometimes result in things becoming more powerful over time, but um, so I guess like the, the ultimate question is do we believe that there is a problem with power creep in War Machine Mark III? And a great silence depended, descended upon yeah. the cast. Thank I want to make a bitter comment about theme forces, but I think <laughs> theme force is actually a really good outlet. Um, for controlling power creep. Yes. We were just I, so I think, and that's kind of an interesting one in that um, I think early on we were seeing things about power creep with theme forces as well, um, especially because the really early run of theme forces were mostly very, like, either bland or not good. <laughs> bland, not good, or game-breakingly insane. Or, or the couple of just absurd ones, right? Like, like you know, Storm Division, when there was no other themes, basically. Yep. It was like Storm Division and Creator's Might, and that was like it. It was just like, yeah. mm. um, and And then we started seeing, you know, much more interesting and complex ones. Of course, then as time went on, we also started seeing some of those bland ones pop up again in a couple of the factions, where it's just like, oh, a couple of neat benefits and move on kind of things. And they're not bad, you know, and, and things started to even out. And we also got CIDs, which fixed some of them and things like that. Um, I'm not going to give the LOS bingo players a, a chance to mark off complaining about Circle. Yeah, right. Well, we already talked <laughs> about the old beard, Brett. You screwed it up. <laughs> yeah, it should be a free spot. That's the, like, uh, that's the, the free square. Like, yeah. eh, they complain about Circle. Good. We'll just mark that one up with the M&M right there. Um, yeah. So... And, and so, yeah, now, like, the, the point you made about, like, yeah, Eye of Truth is very possibly for its points the most absurd warjack there is. Uh, but you can only play with Malicus, which is fine, because that guy's great, by the way. A lot of people don't think so. He's wonderful. Uh, but... But it's a in, lot like uh, Standard or Type 2 in Magic, where it's a... Right. It's, like, sort of a rotating set. It kind of controls what it goes with. It lowers the possibility space, which allows them to design more carefully... Um, Actually, I remember a lot of people talking about the idea of War Machine going to a limited format eventually, and it's like, we kind of are seeing that now. Yeah, um, it was very subtle, and it kind of just like, we sort of transitioned to that, thinking it was something else, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah, and Um, it's actually exactly the World of Warcraft model, so this is one of my favorite design stories. Um, In in early World of Warcraft beta, um, the rested system was inverted. Mm -hmm. Um, If you played long enough, you got tired. And people hated that. And so they just, they t- didn't change any of the numbers. They just made it so that, um, if you logged out, you were rested for a while and you got double experience. People love double experience. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening here. It's like, well, I would have hated the idea of not being able to use, you know, 90% of my warlocks because freaking Denny one is so, bu- so busted. Right. But, they like um, limited by adding, adding a interesting rule set to the game, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Um, and now that they're all all symmetrically released, I have a lot less problems with them. Right, and that was a big thing with themes, right? Was that There was a while where it was just like, a third of the factions have themes, and the other ones might have themes, but they're probably bad. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is not good, but... Uh, and, and so, and we were, we talked briefly about causes of power creep, um, and there's, there's three main ones, right? There's predatory design, there's lazy design, and there's, uh, like, complete accidents. Um... And so, like, I don't think Factor Press is being lazy if they're introducing Power Creep. It's just that they they have a finite number of people working on it and a finite number of time in each day. It's like they want the perfect game to be out, and they're trying their best. I still believe. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Yeah. I mean, it, like, I know a lot of people, like, will rage about, like, oh, they're just screwing around. Like, if you actually meet guys on the dev team, like, these guys are so passionate about what they're doing. <laughs> like... It's, yeah, it's, it's very ridiculous. much like the the amount of like intelligence and hard work it takes to to develop a great game can make you a lot of money in other fields. Right. So they have to yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, and yeah, I, I don't believe it's any kind of an issue of, of laziness. Um. Really, I think right now a lot of it really is just what I was saying about them just kind of getting better at design. <laughs> So there's just some things that are just more well done. Um, 
One thing that uh, we also wanted to talk about was, and I, I touched on this a little bit with the, the concept of the, the different factions having such drastically different contexts, but um, it's the concept of, uh, concept of incomparables, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is that it's very, very easy to spot power creep in a, like, numerically perfect game or a perfectly symmetrical game. Like, if you just go, okay, the queen on the black side in chess can move like a knight now as well as everything else. It's like, well, that's just objectively better, right? <laughs> like, you just have a thing that the other one doesn't. And it's otherwise symmetrical. Or a, an easier system is anything that's like math-driven, right? That's just going to be essentially using numbers uh, to like do damage like, with no... Like, for example, if you have a unit um, and you make a trencher version of that unit that just has better stats. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> just that, picking something out of thin air. Yeah, that would never happen. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so, but actually, this is a really interesting example um, that comes from the source material in that uh, if you, like, buffing something that's on, that's complete, or sorry, taking something that's completely horrible and nobody will ever play and making it, making a new version of it that's good enough that people might play it is not power creep because it's not removing stuff. It, it's only removing stuff that has already removed itself. It's not like the world weird, like shutting out um, everything, right. everything else with a gun. Like all and, the and the intention, you know, with the cycle the constant cycling of CAD is to eventually get back to that unit that yes. is rough, but it's not the new unit's fault. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were already a mess. Like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. One of the things I grumble about is some, like, this game has been reset twice, right? So why are there still old bad designs that have leaked through? And I think long gunners are a very, very core example of that, where it's like they're intended to be this glass shooty unit, and it's like they're so, like their their core concept is rooted in not being mobile, and it's like just such, it's like oh god, you need to you need to start all over on the whole concept. Yeah, well, and that's what there was a lot of things, you know, and, and we don't want to like tend to just like a complaining about transitions and whatnot, but the the, the Mark II to Mark III transition had a lot of just weird, weird things in it. There's a lot of interesting I mean, little decisions. Mostar and Ashland was taking over the meta, that's why they had to go down a notch. Right, okay. and except for Dan. Oh, who just, actually <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, Dan, you, you're screwing with us. How are we supposed to make our points when you keep winning with weird casters? Um, <laughs> nothing to complain about. Um, um. You want to go back to Incomparables, now that I've taken you very far away from it? <laughs> sure. So, the, the thing about the, the idea of Incomparables is basically that um, if two things are drastically different in, in their their concept... So, I'm going to link to the video that Brett mentioned. Um, it's a, it's an older, it's like from five years ago, from Extra Credits, talking about Power Creep. Um, and I, I mentioned that because I want to use one of the examples they talked about, which was uh, an ability like an Amoeba, where say one character has an ability that stuns another character and another one has an ability that teleports from one location to another. Wait, we can literally do that in War Machine. Sure, right. But that, Let's I, say you I, have a model with a, a blind gun and another model that can teleport a model eight inches. Sure, yeah, that works. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I don't have any of that in my faction, so I just couldn't think about it. Um, uh, I just want to hit you with really high damage weapons. That's all I'm here for. I get well, to roll with that. I like four dice. So let, let me let me steal his point from him. Sure. Um, so the the benefit of these incomparables is that um, you it's very hard to compare them side by side. And by very hard, I don't mean like um, like it, it's a, I, I don't mean that like it's possible, but it takes a lot of calculation. I mean that like you literally can't compare the ability to teleport out of activation. With the ability to debuff. Well, right, like um, you, yeah, you'd never be like, well, shifting stones are out of the game because this model has blind, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, <it> just. <laughs> um, and so the really cool thing about Incomparables from a design perspective is that it allows you to make interesting things that are not necessarily better, and like the worst thing possible is to print something that's strictly better. Yeah, it's just the exact same thing with higher numbers, right? Like for the same or less cost. Um, well, and, and one thing that we get about that, that it, it goes a lot deeper than that with how War Machine works, or really anything with asymmetrical faction design, um, especially when it runs quite deep and has a lot of different interactions based on that, is that even two things, like I said earlier, that are exactly the same are totally different 
from one faction to another. So that's a huge part of why I have this discussion with people all the time. Cross-faction comparisons do not work. They just don't work. Um, I had uh, somebody try to explain... Well, if you want to make yourself angry, then compare Warp of Stalker to Nerf. Right, and yeah, so, and that's the thing. Is so, sometimes you... Well, no, no, so, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the only benefit of making that comparison is making yourself angry. Right. And, like, I, I had a discussion not that long ago about the difference between um, Citrati and Bastions. Right? Mm-hmm. They're actually not that dissimilar on their card. It's kind of like you swap Sanguine Bond for Shield Wall and um, uh, what was the other part? Uh, Lest on the Bastion's weapons. And then you do have to note that you're like Citrati are two points more, I think, and have an additional model in your unit. But still, as it is, the cards look actually quite similar. But the entire context of the faction around them drastically changes how good that unit is. Um, Scorn does so many things to make Zatrati way more interesting, right? And they fulfill a unique role in that faction that nothing else really does. Bastions, that's not the case. It doesn't work that way in Protector. Even though they're very, very similar, they're a completely unused and, frankly, not very good unit because of our faction context. And you get that across everything. So you'll get people... I've seen this discussion on Power Creep in CIDs or on Facebook or just whatever, you know, group. Um where a new thing will come out that is very, very similar to a model from another faction. And they'll just go, well, this is just a better version of this. That faction's overpowered. This is just power creep. And it's like, well, no, because it's pretty different. Like, the context of what that new piece is, even though it's quite similar and probably objectively better from, like, a holding up the two cards standpoint, it just doesn't mean the same thing. Um, If you want a really good example of that, look at uh, Stixus Gunslingers. Yeah. How much better mm-hmm. they were allowed to get as soon as day one got worse. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Um, what, what like I, Gunslingers compared to Thorn Gun Mages are absolute trash uh, right. before CID. <laughs> and they had to be because they had like a freaking seven armor swing you didn't have to roll for. Yeah. Well, and even like, like one that, because we talk about this in Protector a lot, everybody has the dream of the Protectorate Charger. If you just put a Charger in Protectorate, it's a very different beast. <laughs> it's, it's not called a Redeemer. Uh, no, because a charger can hit things. Um, uh, um, I have wanted the single target gun. In That's the thing, it's for the same points as a charger. Like, protector, we would get a gun that, like, fires once and is, like, fire types. And it's, like, you know, and maybe has some other rule on it. It wouldn't have all those same things. And it's because of our faction context. A single target gun in protector is a very different thing than it is in Sinar. Um... Like, you're happy to pay, like, 16 points for a Reckoner gun. Other factions oh, yeah. have, like, Sig- 10 Sig- Signar, that Signar would not, yeah, Signar would not buy a Reckoner for 16 points. Like, maybe for the flare, <laughs> but, like, even then they're all, like, rat six anyway, so why would you need that? You know, like, I just don't think they would really find that much use for it. Whereas, for us, it's one of the best pieces we have because of the context we have, because we have things like the choir because of the other pieces that we've got, and our interactions with fire, right? Um, and our use of flare. Flare is more useful for us because we are, on average, a little bit less accurate than, than Signar is. Yeah, there's like lots of little things about why why exactly we would uh, we would want one piece over another. And <clears throat> so those cross-faction comparisons don't work well, so a lot of time when a new thing comes out that just looks like a better version of another thing, it's just not, it's, it's not the same. It's not power creep because you have to take into account the entire, you know, faction's context. Now, it, you know, I guess could be if it's just objectively really good, but that's pretty rarely the case. Um, usually stuff, especially, especially the CAB process is coming out pretty, pretty well balanced for the most part. I did have the conversation like, why are we so concerned with the harpy? It's just a bad old weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> bad old weird still a old weird man. Yeah, they're like aren't old weirds like completely fucking broken I'm like oh yeah good point <laughs> yeah. nailed it <laughs> yeah it's true how many other factions do you think would take a redeemer <laughs> like they're they're pow six if you don't pow six blasts if you don't have choir nobody needs that in their lives yeah also a caster that knocks everything down Minions would probably yeah, like, take a redeemer. Yeah, like even Barnabas. Eh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's it's not as good as like that twelve and six blast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So what what about intrafaction power creep? 
can we see it? I mean, I mean, I, I snarkily brought up some trencher examples. Um, but can we think of any other things? Uh, do we think themes are going a good job of balancing that out? Do we think uh, Warcasters and Warlocks even that out a little bit? Hmm. So the the thing that about hard. The, the thing about how things have changed for the past while is there's been a focus on. So we've had some new things, but in the grand scheme of things, we actually haven't had a lot of new things. Um, we've had the trencher stuff, right? We've had the troll stuff, and we've had the crick stuff in CID now. And then there were some things from earlier Mark III, right? Like some oh. char- character heavies and stuff. Hmm. You forgot Blindwater. Uh, I did forget Blindwater. <laughs> My heart. Um, <laughs> literally bursting out of Barnabas' chest. Yeah. And what I've seen with most of those, especially the ones that have actually released and come out of CID, is while things are probably more powerful than a lot of the other options that the factions had, um, they're not blowing anything else out of the water, and they're pretty well balanced for the vast most part. I have a really hard time finding any particular example of like straight-up power creep in anything we've really had released as of like CID starting. Would you, would you agree with the statement that... Um new releases have been very, very different um, than pre- than old releases. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like... Somebody made a comment... Me. Somebody made a comment recently about how solos these days have way more rules than old solos. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's true. You had plenty of solos, like, uh, you know, back in the day, you just kind of... You'd have, they'd have whatever they had in the front of the card, which is usually, like, good stats. It's like a character solo or whatever. And then you flip it over and they'd have, like, two rules back there. Now you have, like... Elias Gade, who's like got six rules on the back of his card, or of course Maxwell Finn, who's been around for a long time and has seventy-two rules, but uh, and got more. And got more. Yeah, he's just the back. Like it's he did like he's the only character that still comes with a card, except that it's a card and then a booklet with just all of his rules in it. There you go. Still have the most symbols on the front of his card. It's so many. Yeah, that guy's silly. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a joke too. I feel like they were probably like this guy probably doesn't need all these, but we can't really remove them. <laughs> like at this point, like it's, it's like the meme uh, of all the. All yeah, the I, so I think, I think with the way they've been designing theme forces, um, that has allowed for a lot of new creativity. Um, yeah, which is uh, it's which great. creativity. Exactly. Uh, I was about to say, uh, having those limitations, you you will be able to kind of stretch within that box a lot more than you would if you just have like this ridiculously huge thing you're trying to balance within. Um, that being um, said, my personal plan is to just wait until I see something completely broken in a faction that I'm like, yeah, I'll play out a theme for that and then go like win the universe with that. Okay, that's that's the plan. I mean, if I have truth, can't do it. I'm not sure. I mean, it, actually, that's a really good example. It's uh, Loki. He's like he's like a build your entire list around model. It's true. So, like he's one of the ones I'm considering playing out of tier. Yeah, because he is so good with um, Kurtu. With Kruger too, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, like, honestly, like, it, it kind of just, like, the core of the whole discussion. I, I haven't seen, especially after CID started, there, there might be, this was a little while ago, there might be examples of some things that were just too much for that point. Um, I mean, Chandler's itching for a good ar- internet argument, so we yeah, should okay. him directly. Come at me. He'll share it with us. Come at me. This is the thing. I'm way more reasonable in like private message. <laughs> I'm just randomly commenting on your stuff. I tend to get very aggressive about my debating. Um, fun fact. Uh, just think your things through. Just, just think what you're saying through. I like well-reasoned arguments. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Um, yeah, at, like after CIDs kick in, I haven't really seen anything that's just been like, it's like just power creep. Like it's, and, and I think themes do have something to do with that, too, because it is a lot harder to compare these models. Like, a lot of people... Yeah, like my my first guess would be Harpies, but it's like, well, they don't really replace Griffins, because Griffins are in the Jack theme. Right. Like, they're yeah, they're different. Um, that, that was another one was, you know, I keep going back to this one, but uh, Adrian's and Aaron's, like, stopped being talked about in the same breath for a while. Uh, when they just, they couldn't be taken in the same list. You know, there just wasn't an option. Now they can, but now there's a, like, it's like, well, yeah, but you lose, you know, basically theme benefits if you swap over to Idrians. You know, so it's, 
it's made it so that discussion is kind of more of a moot point. It's not really, it doesn't have a whole lot of purpose. Um, it segments the factions up a little bit. Some people complain about it, like, restricting list design, which is, like, strictly speaking, it's true, but it also creates lists that couldn't exist before. Uh, so, I think it opens up a lot of things. And, and it helps with just this process of power creep in general. It, it, it gives them a, a structure to work in. We've seen that with most games that, most in any kind of, like, really sizable game that, that could have an issue with power creep, Magic the Gathering, I mentioned earlier, being one of them. Um, how did they handle that problem? They created a limited style format. And, uh, and one that was constantly shifting. And that's kind of what we're in now. But the thing is, is that it's extra complicated with a game like War Machine because they're trying to do that while also never saying you legit, you cannot use your models. <laughs> right? So they, it's like they have to find somewhere for everything to work. And the thing is, is like mostly what I've seen with any kind of the CID process, I'm not seeing power creep. What I'm seeing is the really over the top models getting toned down and the old stuff getting brought up. And that's the thing with whether there may or may not be power creep as things go on, everything's being being brought there. It just takes a while. It's very slow. That's actually, that's actually a really good point, and that's straight from uh, Circle Player's Heart. It's like um, making World Wardens better kind of removed Living Warbeasts, but that's because Living Warbeasts were terrible to start with, so I'm just happy to see the constructs be good. Yeah, right. You just it, And that's as things are, things are getting moved up, and as we get more and more of the CIDs, you'll see more and more things fixed. Every CID has come out of it with things that people thought were obsolete being brought back into the spotlight. And not everything's been an absolute, you know, hit, but for the most part, everything's at least found a home. Um, Protector players are all buying a Temple Flame card right now. <laughs> you know, like, nobody liked that unit, like, not that long ago. Um, things like that. And, and it was just because they, they, they helped them out a little bit. And they did that through the use of themes, which that's a nice one because it's something you can do pretty easily without much CID interaction. Um, they just kind of were like, hey, we're just going to throw this extra, like, swap this bad rule out for a good rule. It's like, oh, it's good now. Funny how that plays out. Oh, I, I want to talk about the buff effect. I don't know if we're going to get an episode that's like that. But, um, so there's this interesting effect where even if they make an irrelevant change, it drastically affects the behavior of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, like, I think, like, uh, the Ironback Spitter is a really good example in War Machine, where it's like, they lower the cost by one point. It's like, that's not a big deal, but that's enough for people to look at and go, you know what, maybe it was worth considering in these situations. Yeah. And the people who had already considered those situations, they're like, woo, free points! That's, I mean, Zealot's got a point cheaper. Yeah. Like, 13 to 12 is not that huge a deal. <laughs> but but it, it was like, oh, they're, they're so cheap now. It's like, well... They're one rack cheaper, yes. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you can fit that rack in you couldn't before. Um, yeah, and you know, it just makes them a very solid unit. And I mean, it's like even though I'm aware of it, I'm still like, oh, 12 points, damn. Like, you know, like that's just it's it's, it's it's always in your head, right? It's, it, it gets to you. It's just how, it's just oh, how it, humans it's, work. I guess this is a this is a subsidiary of the sale effect. It's like, oh, it's such a good deal. I feel so good about it. Yeah. <laughs> Get you, uh, my favorite deal saw today. This is super relevant, but I uh, went to the grocery store today and saw uh, macaroni and cheese boxes for a dollar, and they had them on sale though, ten for ten. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sale tag. I was like, I don't know, Smiths. <laughs> I, I think I'm seeing. I, I think I got just enough of a high school education to know that this is there's something fishy about this sale. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't work that way. I bet that actually increased sales too. It's sad, but oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I got five of them. I didn't get ten. Um, <laughs> you showed them. Yeah, right. I went to the cash register. Was like, deal with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think that there's any kind of an actual issue with Power Creep and War Machine. I think most of it, most anything that appears that way, mostly comes from them just getting better at design. And honestly, being a little more aggressive with design, which is something I like seeing. Um, but there hasn't been enough controversy in this episode. Okay. Oh God. You want to see Power Creep? Index versus Codices. Holy shit, that is some predatory pricing. Mm-hmm. So they oh, yeah. supersede the rules with rules that are in every way superior and yep. also replace the tournament rules. And they're like, buy this $50 book in order to get the new rules. Yep. What the hell? Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and they're like these huge special rules, and it's the same thing with asymmetrical um, releases where it's like, 
non-Codex armies can't compete. So awesome, well done. You yeah. price people out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or if you got one of the really early books. <laughs> yeah. And... Oh yeah, and they're not good at designing it, and it turns out terrible. Oh, yeah. um, my name is Brett. Uh, feel free to message me with all the hate mail. Um, <laughs> I'll just have it all forwarded to you. Perfect. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't want Jaden to get caught in this because he was trying to avoid the controversy. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I just, I, I, I live. Oh, I've, and I've gone almost a full year without calling out 40k, and it, it's been fucking hard. This is my reward. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in my conclusion, this isn't necessarily directly related to power creep, but. Everybody will get their time in the sun. Everybody will get their, their CID and their interesting releases and their tweaks to their old things. It takes a while. Remember, they've had these CIDs in scheduling for years. So, just because they aren't nerfing or fixing the specific aspect of your faction that has trouble, it's not because they're ignoring it. It's because that's what they had scheduled. Um, Protectorate hasn't even actually had a CID, and look how much better we've got. <laughs> actually, have people saying they don't know what to do about Protectorate. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's, I have no idea what to do about it's, Protectorate. It's weird. I had somebody tell me today that Protectorate's definitely bottom four, and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, the thing I is, agree with that statement as long as there's a like an eleven way tie. Well, so that's what I was about to say is in, in like I, I wrote the, I wrote in like a novel, but I was like, okay, so the top we've got like Crooks and Signar. At the bottom, there's like a couple wonky factions, right? And then uh, it's and then it's like everybody else tied in the middle. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's like so. I mean, if you think about it, Signar is like bottom four <laughs> because everybody's tied for third. <laughs> um, yeah, they're really close, you know. And there's so many weird matchup things too. Like what I would say that Protectorate, like this is my controversial statement, I would say Protectorate's a stronger faction than Retribution. However, Retribution will beat the tar out of us most of the time. Like. Just by design. <laughs> like yeah, matchup, matchups, matchups are weird. Like it's yeah, it's, game's complicated, and people are getting so many deep toolboxes now too. That it's like yeah. whether or not one faction is better or worse against another is starting to be kind of a kind of a wasted point because there's so much you can and, do with it. And that's that's the conclusion of the incomparable point I didn't let you make sure. is that um, the more incomparables you add to the game, the more tools people have to fight out of a bad situation. Because if you're just relying on numbers. You can't play out of it, but if you have, you know, teleporting versus blind versus stationary, like that, those do different things. Yeah, this is why I love Arcana. Yes, yeah, that's why I love Pyra. Like she's just—I need one caster with every option. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what am I missing? Like uh, upkeep bats. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, but you can bring Elish. Yeah, right. And well, I can bring Protectorate. Like yeah. if I need to get an out for an upkeep, I've got options. You know, like you bring two thrones. Yeah, <laughs> bring all the thralls. FAU thralls. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Anyway, so I think we've I think we've worded this in a way that most people won't find something to get too angry about. But it I is think the we internet. Pedantic long enough that anyone who would hate us wouldn't hear my controversial statement. Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> so I, I spent about ten percent of the time talking, so this is not my fault. So <laughs> most hours in that's a controversial subject. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that this mess is somehow not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> but all of our hate mail will be about like Jaden not being on board. They'll some, they'll somehow that will be what pisses everybody off. Like, how dare you? Talking about how dare you? Like, we, wanted, we wanted to hear more of Jaden. <laughs> no, I want everybody to be mad at you for some reason about it. Like, just somehow everybody's just like Jaden. <laughs> And then, well, then Jaden would release another three-hour Grimkin episode by himself, and it would be the most downloaded episode ever. Yeah, <laughs> and all the fans would be back. We'll just give you like a random faction every so often, and just be like, just talk about this faction that you probably don't know much about. Like, go nuts. I mean, it'd be kind of fun, actually. Like, can you can you talk for a solid three hours about Kador? Deal. <laughs> it's all going to be Old Witch Two and comparing it to Old Witch Three, but <laughs> just three solid hours of that. Uh, I love the idea. I will speak of one word every five seconds. <laughs> no, man. It's not good unless you can literally just write like a 20 page thesis on like the differences between Old Witch 2 and 3, who are literally the same caster with like one different ability in two different factions. Actually, they're really different because of anime. Um, it's true. Right. That's, yeah. Seems complicated. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go play 
Chinese checkers or something. Yeah, I mean, play StarCraft. It's so much simpler. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> New patch. It's hard. Anyway, we should move on to the end of this. I think we're about the hour mark. Um, yeah, so if you want to contact us to tell us all about all the horrible things you think we said, um, you can go check out our Patreon. That's the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Huge thanks to everybody uh, who does support us on Patreon. That is a huge help. Uh, you guys have been super awesome. Like we said, we are going to be doing our next uh, raffle thing for everybody who has uh, supported at least a month worth, at least four weeks worth in the last like quarter. Uh, everybody will get added onto that. And uh, going for some sweet, fun little prizes. And then um, if you actually do want to just check out the Patreon, uh, if you want to see what the tiers look like, uh, if you want to support us in that at all, you can go to patreon.com slash Machine. Super easy. Uh, thanks. Huge thanks to Broken Egg for their support. They've been super awesome. We always love talking to uh, any of the guys over there. Um, seriously, you couldn't ask for a better sponsor. They're super wonderful. And they love the War Machine community. Um, that guy, like, Adam works his butt off. In fact. Uh, you can, of course, go to there and their website, Broken Egg. Uh, is it just brokenegg.com, right? Broken Egg Games. Broken Egg Games, that's it. Oh, yeah, because it has way too many G's in it. I remember that. Yeah. Broken Egg Games. Uh, dot com. You can use on their store, LOS5CODE, in the discount code section for 5% off on their store. Uh, you can go to our website, which is www.loswarmachine.com. It's undergoing a lot of weird little tweaks right now. We're trying to get everything smoothed out for some weird. Did we get a new writer? We did, yeah. Actually, you didn't mention that. Did not. <laughs> All right. There we go. Five more. Man, pizzas. it's just going to be like just hate mail, just nonstop. Never getting hate mail from our own writers. Gonna... Yeah, yeah. I'll let uh, I'll let Jaden pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we brought on Sung Soo. I, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Um, he is the the writer and maintainer of the Colorado War Machine website. Um, he plays Grimkin, and he's going to pick up Grizzle Guard. And that's great because that means that for a while I can play whatever I want and he can write about Grimkin and then I can come back to Grimkin when he's done with it. And he's a good writer. He's got a good mind for the game. Uh, he's going to be at ATC playing in Solo Masters. Yep. And uh, we're pretty excited. And we've hopefully got a couple more people coming to write for us in the next couple months, but not finalized yet, so we'll keep you posted. We shall see. Yeah. And also for anybody who hasn't checked out, um, we are also running all of our articles on a new schedule. Um so you'll be seeing stuff very, very regularly, uh, rather than Jane and I's rather flippant whenever we feel like it kind of writing. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, every day around lunchtime-ish American time, that's an extremely tight time that I just used. It's a solid, like, four-hour period, but that's really about as tight as we're getting here. Uh, yeah, you'll see some kind of new content popping up on the LOS function page. Uh, you can also head over to Twitter at LOS underscore Chandler at LOS underscore Jaden or at ChokeObsessed underscore LL bug any of us there. Uh, I'm on there quite a bit. I think more than either of them, so. That's correct. Come bug me, that's something. I'm always doing. Uh, you can email us at LOSWormHordes at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you want to say. If you want to shock either <laughs> of us into, into like cardiac arrest because we never get emails on uh, Well, hey man, we get lots of emails there and it's <laughs> mostly Twitch notifications and spam from weird countries. Uh, you can also find our Facebook at my site. It's just a podcast page. Uh, all of our stuff gets posted there for both the podcast and articles and all that good stuff. And then you can message any of us on Facebook. Usually we're, we're all pretty we're chatty. I promise I won't be angry at you if you message me on Facebook. I'm very nice. I promise I won't be angry if you message me with uh, an argument about 40k. I, w- I would love to do that. Remember, it's just like, I'm always down to rage about <laughs> Game Workshop. <laughs> Any time of day. God, I looked at the prices of <clears throat> books, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. They funded your Grimkin, okay? They did fund my Grimkin. That's the best thing that game's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, everybody, that's the end of uh, episode number 22. The controversy episode. Yeah. <laughs> Should be good. Sounds cooler when he says it. That's <laughs> because I'm a teacher. Damn. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with it, but somehow I'm good at it BSing. Works. I have to do it all day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's a, really, that's the, that's the realm of the English major, right? It's just like, it's just kind of making up things that sound right. 
Nailed it. I was an English major for a while, so there you go. There you go. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye.